Hi, this is Anita, the Global Trade Gal, and also from the website and blog and company Mindoro. Today, I want to talk a little bit about rattan furniture, and in particular, and Southeast Asian colonization. Those of you that have, maybe if you've been listening to me a bit, might know a little bit that I actually enjoy some history. And the reason why I enjoy history is there's so many things that we can learn and understand in the world around us if we understand a little bit about some of the history. I recently came across an article that someone had written about the effects that colonization or the the colonizers, when they came over to Asia, had on furniture, in particular rattan furniture. And this really got me thinking Because, you know, when they came to the new countries, they found materials that they were not used to working with, such as rattan, palm, and bamboo. And they had to want to be able to create something to be comfortable for their home. You know, when they brought their wives and their children, they wanted their children and wives to be comfortable. So they started to use some of these local materials and started creating from them to help them to be able to have things that would remind them a bit more of home. In 1856 in Japan... Some uh, foreigners, in fact, it was the Chinese, the Qing uh, dynasty came to negotiate with the Chinese government. And as the Chinese were basically chair sitters, they didn't sit on mats. They basically were used to sitting on chairs. And they um, came to negotiate and they said to the Japanese, we want to sit on a chair. We don't want to be sitting on a mat. And the Japanese, as we know, sit on mats. And so it kind of became this little, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And they're like, well, you can't sit on a chair because if you sit on a chair, you're going to be higher than us. You're going to be looking down on us. So they sort of came out with a compromise and they decided that the Japanese would allow the foreigners to sit on the chair as long as the Japanese counterparts could sit on a stack of mats of equal height of the chair so they could both be of the equal height. These little nuances show some of the problems that way back then there was between diplomatic relations with countries and the difference between sitting on a mat and sitting on a chair. It also shows a little bit about some of the things that some of the colonization or the the people that were colonizing Southeast Asia would have had to deal with when they came over to Southeast Asia, when they came here to live. You know, all of Southeast Asia was colonized except for Thailand. If you ask any Thai person, they'll proudly tell you that fact, that Thailand was never colonized. French Indochina was actually colonized by the French, and this included Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. They had to look at what kind of houses they would build, the clothes they would wear, the kind of furniture they would make. And they, you know, they came from a very different type of environment and culture, and they had to deal with these daily changes. They had to change their food. They had to try to adapt some of their food, you know, into the food that they could find here. The Japanese annexed Taiwan. And when they first went to Taiwan, one of their biggest concerns was, how are we going to survive? What about life? What about health? How are we going to be able to live in the tropics? Because Japan is not a tropical climate. So they weren't sure how they would be able to survive with the tropics. The British colonized Malaysia, Singapore, Brunei, Borneo, Burma, uh, which is presently Myanmar. And they also, of course, as many of you know, were also in Hong Kong. They had to grapple with what kind of furniture could they buy? What kind of, uh, what could they use to make other furniture? What could they build locally? And speaking of the attitude in the day, George Orwell from the Burma days wrote, 
Could the Burmese trade for themselves? Can they make machinery, ships, railways, roads? They are helpless without you. What would happen to the Burmese force if the English were not here? They would be sold immediately to the Japanese who would gut them and ruin them, instead of which in your hands, actually, they are improved. And while your businessmen develop the resources of our country, your officials are civilizing us, elevating us to their level from pure public spirit. It's a magnificent record of self-sacrifice. And this is really quite interesting because kind of the way like a lot of the, you know, the colonizers saw themselves as we're over here and we're civilizing these countries and we're sacrificing because we don't have the comforts of home. And to be honest, they didn't have the comforts of home and did give up quite a bit uh, for those comforts. But at the same time, a lot of them had a life that was far better than they would have had in their own countries because they were living really a life of luxury with servants and other things over in Southeast Asia. The Dutch Indies Company, of course, they settled Indonesia and were actually great traders and trading a lot of products from there. A lot of Americans don't realize is the Americans were in the Philippines for 48 years. And so, you know, it's estimated today that there's a lot of Americans that are Filipinos that are still, um, you know, have American blood in them, anywhere between 200, 250,000. So when the colonizers came to the new lands, they had to think about what kind of materials do we use? They're not used to the same woods. They're not used to the same materials. So they had to start building and creating um, this new life for themselves. So suddenly now they were using materials as rattan, palm, bamboo. So they were building chairs and furniture out of rattan and palm and bamboo. And they were uh, looking, you know, they were these were more like grass-like plants than they were exactly wood. So they had to learn how to develop, how do you weave a chair similar to a mat, but you make it so it can have a chair structure to it. And this was because in Europe, they were used to sitting on chairs. So they began to use woven mats. Um, They were used to already having caning because the, the Portuguese and the Dutch ships brought the caning over to Europe and to America. But all these new materials translated into a new form of furniture. So in a way, we need to thank these European and other um, colonists that were used to sitting on chairs and were used to living a certain way, and they didn't want to sit on a mat, that they brought to us this uh, rattan and other beautifully naturally woven furniture that we have today throughout the entire world. Because when the Europeans conquered the world, there was absolutely no way that their women and children were going to sit on a mat on the floor to eat their food. They wanted to sit on a chair. So that is how the story of how rattan, woven, and other furniture that we use today came about. It became a necessity for these colonizers to be able to live and work in a tropical climate to find a way to be as comfortable as possible just like they were at home. So next time you sit on that woven piece of furniture, think about these adventurers and these explorers that came to another part of the world to be able to live and work. And think about them and how they helped to create a chair that was woven out of the materials that they could find in the place they were presently living. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and that you have learned something from it. We thank you so much for listening. At the Global Trade Gal, we talk about all things to do with trade. And our main goal is just to help to open up your mind about all things to do with trade. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe. And we would love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments.